What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. This is episode number 42. My name is Jed, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing today? Long day. Every Wednesday for me is a long day. I'm waking up at 6.45, and I'm not coming back here till around 8 to 9 o'clock in, in the evening to come. And rec- I sadly, while packing everything up for my day, I did forget the recording equipment, where that is why we are back on Zoom once again. This should not have happened. I or blame. it was intentional. So you didn't have to see me in person. I mean, I see it as a similar thing of like having to see you over Zoom and then also seeing you in person. But I also wouldn't have I don't have to deal with your that hot ass room that you that you live in (laughs) to where I am almost sweating profusely as a result. But this is the Jackie Robinson episode. Who else could it be other than the man himself? He, uh, it could be Mariano Rivera. It could be, like, but it's not going to be. It's going to be Jackie Robinson, the man, one of the few men that have changed the game of baseball as we know it. Changed it for way much better. For the much better. And um, so shout out to him. I um, When is Jack? Do you happen to know when Jackie Robinson Day is for the MLB? April 15th. April 15th. That's coming up. That well, kind of, we're going to we're playing. Yeah. Hey, hey, we got to save that. All right. <laughs> At the end of the episode, me and Jed are going to be talking a little about about the MLB lockout and whether or not they're going to be able to they'll be playing on Jackie Robinson Day. If they don't, that's a disgrace to the sport. As a result, yep. you heard it here first. Yep. Hell, if there's not even game, uh, if we don't even start on time, it's still a disgrace. It's not good for the fan, uh, the fandom. But to start off, though. Uh, it was su- the Super Bowl. Uh, something, uh, yeah, like the Super Bowl happened, something like that. Correct? Yeah, that was that was when it was on Sunday. I thought it was really? just like the day before Valentine's Day. Really? Because I saw it as like the usual day where Formula One racing is happening. Formula That's one. how I see Sundays, oh. which is coming up soon. Also, I believe March twentieth is the first race okay. of the Formula One. 2022 season so uh maybe bringing you know, that back you know up i'm excited if not more excited about about that coming up i mean i know how we both gather around your tv you know for several of the races and, and watch oh, them yeah. together and I'm, I'm hoping to be doing the same when, when the time comes once again oh yeah absolutely you love get waking up at 7 a.m to watch an 8 a.m race over here Nothing like taking an hour drive to go watch uh, Formula One with my co-host. So absolutely, but yeah, guys, it was the it was the Super Bowl, the big game, the big Kahuna. If you have not heard, and if you don't know, if you're living under a rock, which um, you must be, because this was the most viewed Super Bowl, or I think TV Stream. show, yeah, yeah. T- like show of all time in which the Rams beat the Bengals 23 to 20. Matthew Stafford finally gets his ring. Cooper cup is super bowl MVP. Aaron Donald, I think is a snub was snubbed from that. Joe Shiesty, sadly, um, almost 
tore his ACL once again near the end of the game. And, um, yeah, Jet, let's hear what you thought about the uh, the big game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great game. I think part of the reason why this was such a, a heavily watched game is due to the unknown factor with both of these teams. Obviously, both teams were coming into this game on, you know, hot streaks, but we didn't really expect either of these teams to be in this position. Obviously, Eric's second favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals, felt just short in this Sadly. one. Um, in large part to, I think, the main reason why the Bengals lost this game is due to their coaching decision, mm-hmm. coaching decisions, and as well as their offensive line play. Obviously, we knew about the offensive, the poor offensive line play coming into this game all throughout the season. We've seen uh, them having issues protecting Joe Burrow. But for Zach Taylor to have Samaje Ryan in oh. when the game is on the line oh. is is something to consider, considering he just got an extension. That he deserves the extension. I mean, I wouldn't say it's mainly him that got them to the Super Bowl. I think it was Joe Burrow that got him to the Super Bowl. But obviously, since he got to the Super Bowl, it's it would be absurd to not extend him a little surprise till 2026 it's a long period of time but yeah what the hell was with p ryan on a third and one running it up the gut against aaron donald what is that what is that decision making right there one the play call i don't think was right Two, you had the wrong goddamn back in. I don't care if P. Ryan weighs 240 pounds and is a hefty dude. He's going against Aaron Donald, who is even a heftier dude. You cannot... Joe Mixon was... I think I correctly predicted. I think Joe Mixon was was the X factor of the game. Um, I incorrectly predicted how T. Higgins would do in the game, though. I mean, he had a magnificent game. Um... But to not have Joe Mixon out there, if you have Joe Mixon out there, all right, and it's third and one, you could run a play uh, a play action pass and just put Mixon out in the flats. It's a third and one. Joe Burrow just dumps it down really quickly before he gets freaking raided on by that oh that defensive line. And there you go, you got it right there. It was that play call was just not smart on on Taylor's part, it was just, it, it was sad to see. This, this wasn't even the first time we've seen Zach Taylor do something like this. Um, all throughout this season, we've seen Samaje Piran come in on third and short. Um, I get that during a regular season game when you're trying to give your, your best players rest, but in the crucial spot in a Super Bowl with the game on the line, that was not the move to bring Samaj P. Ryan in, especially oh with the year Joe Mixon has had. Oh my and God. Zach Taylor just seemingly loves running up the middle. I mean, I'm sure he knows how great his offensive line has been playing <laughs> all year. So you, you figured, you know, you run, run by that stellar offensive line going against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Can I say something? You could kind of get an idea of what was going to happen on that play by them choosing to do that. Obviously, it was... It was a major reason why they didn't win that game because if they convert it and they get a few more first downs, they're in field goal range, and we could be in overtime, and it's a totally different ball game. But we didn't get it to that point. I just I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. P Ryan had only two rushing attempts, two ca- ca- rushing attempts, and one of them 
was that play? Joe Mixon only had 15, um, but he ran in for 72 yards, which is 4.8 yards per carry, which is you're, magnificent. You're leaving out. Yeah, Piran had two attempts, but his yardage was uh, off the charts with with a staggering zero. <laughs> it's insane. I don't care how big this man is. You give it to your best running back. You put your best players out there in the biggest moments. I'm it's oh my god. But um to talk about Joe Burrow, this man throughout the regular season and the postseason got sacked 70 times. He got sacked in the postseason alone 19 times. You know what this tells? This needs this is what the Bengals have to do. Protect this man. Because we almost saw him. I mean, he was in real pain on that one that one where he got taken to the ground and his leg got all bent up and twisted. I gotta give it to Joe Burrow. He 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 grinded through that game. I mean, he really did. He grinded through the playoffs. Getting sacked 19 times in the playoffs is not something fun. But I also think that their offense is going for their offense is based around going for the big plays and Joe Burrow needs time to do those big plays in which he he holds he does hold the ball a little bit a little long in order to have those big plays open up which is which costs him sacks um he definitely should have just against that uh d-line you in defense in general you got to do what Brady does just get the ball out as quick as possible don't even let Aaron Donald get a sniff at you. I mean, we could see Aaron Donald was getting frustrated. I I also don't understand the offensive line schemes that they were doing. Like they were double and triple teaming Aaron Donald at the beginning of the game, and the offense uh, the offense wasn't amazing. But like Joe Burrow wasn't getting just sacked galore. And then the second half, they're putting. They're right and left guard on an island against arguably the best player in the NFL at the moment. I know, I know Von Miller is right next to him, but I would rather deal with Von Miller coming around the edge in which Joe Burrow could step up than having Aaron Donald in just one-on-one on the inside, which is even closer to Joe Burrow. I don't, I don't understand that either. Cause like how yeah, many I'm, times did Joe Burrow get sacked in the second half? Oh, it was, I think it was like six I, times. I, yeah. I mean, they, the Rams were not able to get to him in the, in the first half. And that, that was a large part in, into the scheme that the Bengals were running. Obviously they changed things up. So it looked like in, in the second half, which led to Aaron Donald and company being able to get to Joe Burrow. But going back to this Bengals offensive line, obviously coming into the season, um, them addressing the offensive line was a big concern. And obviously they chose to draft Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell in that first round. And I, I believe that was the correct pick still. I get, um, obviously it would have been great to have Penny Sewell as another offensive lineman, but the Bengals aren't in the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase's play all throughout the season. But going forward, offensive line, is it has to be a, a major, major uh, need in the offseason We've seen two common themes in many of the previous Super Bowls. You need a great quarterback, and you need a great offensive line. The Bengals had one of those things in this one, hence they couldn't get the job done. Um, the Rams had the advantage on, on both ends. 
hence why they were victorious in this game. So it's, it's going to be very key to see how the Bengals uh, try and revamp this offensive line going forward. Yeah, I remember you. Uh, I remember we were watching and um, I made a comment. I was like something about how the offensive line was awful. And I was and I was saying, like, I, yeah, you got to be like, what if we just had a better offensive line? Because, I mean, Jamar Chase had an all right game. He had five catches for 89 yards. But T Higgins had four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, I, I said to you, I was like, well, why don't you put Jamar Chase to block Aaron Donald then to see because <laughs> to see to value how how worthy this pick is because I mean shit I mean it's not like it could get any worse with that offensive line you might as I mean, well have your 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 number one wide receiver do a little chip block on Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like what Jamar Chase did throughout this season that that's really irreplaceable. Obviously, we didn't expect him to be this good even in his rookie year, but some of the plays he's made. He's opened up, you know, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to succeed as well. I mean, them three as a wide receiving core have have really thrived together, and they have they have the whole offseason to work on this offensive line, and I expect them to do so. Will it work out? That just depends on the guys they get. I will say about my Tyler Boyd leading the team in target and catches. Sorry, um, he was tied for first with Jamar Chase and with Joe Mixon with yeah. five. So. He, there was, I remember there was one drop pass by him. He would have... He, that, he, by the way, that was his first drop of the season. Oh, my God. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Oh, oh, also, I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals defense in this one because oh. they've... they've You're going to talk about really Burnt Toast? big in the playoffs. You're going to talk about Burnt Toast, though, Mr. Eli Apple? Everyone excluding him, obviously, because when he got Trey Hendrickson, blackout Trey, yes. and he got Sam Hubbard and uh, Mike Hilton and all those other guys, they really showed up and showed out all throughout the postseason. They held the Rams offense for a large portion of this game. The Bengals were ahead. Matthew Stafford had two picks, um, but obviously they weren't able to keep the Rams off the board at the end there. And obviously the Bengals offense wasn't able to put together a drive that was either going to tie or give them the lead. But I just wanted to give a shout out to that Bengals defense minus uh, Eli Apple, of course. Of course. Let's flip the script now to the actually winning team here. I mean, we talked a lot about the losers. Let's talk a little bit about the winners. Matthew Stafford finally gets his ring. His He's one of the most deserving people, uh, people in the NFL that deserves a ring after just the purgatory he was put in in Detroit and the thing what what he did really well too is he didn't complain while at Detroit he just played with the hand he was dealt and then he politely asked to be traded and I think Detroit respected that respected that for over a decade he did not complain once about the direction or the quality of the team and um it's really glad. I'm really happy to see that. Now the question is, and a lot of people are now talking about this, is like, can is he on path path to be Hall of Hall of Fame bound? I'm not saying I do not think at the moment he is a Hall of Famer. I don't even think like second, third, fourth, fifth ballot. He only has one Pro Bowl to his name. He still technically has a losing record as a quarterback, but I. Man, is he on the right path to uh, to potentially becoming a Hall of Famer, especially now with this ring in his first year in a, with a team that is 
not dysfunctional. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to look at. You point out his one Pro Bowl and losing record. Obviously, all except this one season is due to him being on the Detroit Lions, and, and the Lions were never good with him. Um, I think Matthew Stafford at the moment has a very strong case for making the Hall of Fame. Definitely not first ballot, but I could definitely see him getting in. The two the two biggest things that I could see with Matthew Stafford, other obviously the Super Bowl ring is going to help now. He's put up good numbers all throughout his career, but he's given two wide receivers the best, uh, some of the best seasons we've seen by wide receivers in Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. I mean, obviously that that's not easy to do to be able to throw to one guy and give him those kinds of numbers. Obviously, there's a little debate going on, especially from Richard Sherman, who has been speaking out about Matthew Stafford's case to making the Hall of Fame. And he makes very good points when you're looking at some of the guys that have been all pros and pro bowlers. Matthew Stafford has not been on very many, if any, of those lists. And that's that's a very valid point. And it looks as as we've gone through the years, the Hall of Fame classes have really Mm-hmm. not showcase the perennial best players that we've seen. It's kind of taken a little bit of a dip into opening the gates a little bit more and, and letting people that were maybe great instead of amazing in, which is, is something to think about. Yeah. Um, he definitely, I mean, he also, I believe is right now, Seventh all time in in comeback wins. Wow, all time. He is clutch, and that's the driving point right now. If you want to claim that Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer, is that he is actually a very clutch QB, um, and he easily, probably by the end of his career, could end up top three <laughs> in comeback wins. I definitely could see that. And it, he's just so put together. He's just like shows up to work and does a damn good job. Yeah, he has he may have some mistakes. He did throw t- three TDs, yep, but he also threw two interceptions, but you know you're going to get that from him. All right? But he still the team is good the Rams team is good enough to make up for those mistakes. Their defense is good enough as we saw that it didn't matter that he threw those two two vital interceptions, especially went on their first drive after the second half af- during at the beginning of the second half. But Cooper cup, you brought him up. I would have to say this is the greatest wide receiver individual season. A wide receiver has ever had in the history of the NFL. This man played 21 games. This includes regular season and playoffs and had 22 touchdown catches he averaged over a touchdown a game, everybody. That's insane. He is the offensive player of the year. He's an all pro. He's a pro bowler. And he's a Super Bowl he's a Super Bowl winner and a Super Bowl MVP. And he got an MVP vote uh for this re- for the regular season. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because I think the other one that we're comparing uh, Cooper Cup season two is is Jerry Rice's 1995 campaign, where his numbers were very close to Cooper Cup's. I mean Cooper Cup, it was they're they're very close. Both of their numbers they're they're neck and neck. Obviously Cooper Cup did have that extra game. Uh, I think the the thing for me though, 
I do give the edge to Jerry Rice's season only because in that time period, it wasn't as pass happy of a league that kind of contributed to Cooper Cup getting the production that he did in a time period where Jerry, Jerry Rice played. It wasn't as pass happy, both outstanding receivers, obviously Cooper Cup. He's, he's shown glimpses of this in the past, but for him to put on a season like this, which is going to be pretty much unsustainable. He's still going to be a, a top three, in my opinion, wide receiver in the league going forward. Uh, but it, it he definitely capped off his, his season on a high note by getting that Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, it's it's insane. Now, the uh, the player that I thought was snubbed of the MVP, and I, th- I personally thought he deserved it the most. I know Cooper Cup had two TDs and stuff like that, but this man ended the game. He 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 put the Rams in the position to end the game on that third and one, and then he ended the game also. It, and that's Aaron Donald. I mean, he had let me read it. He had two tackles for loss, two sacks, four solo tackles, and a to- uh, three solo tackles and four total tackles, and he had also three QB hits. I mean, he wasn't really relevant, I would say, in the first quarter and halfway through the second quarter, mainly because the Bengals just were like, we're triple teaming you. We're putting three of our five guys on one person because of how dominant this guy was. And you could just see how disruptive this man can be. I don't, I, I think he just said this whole retirement thing just so he can get paid. Um, obviously, uh, TJ Watt, uh, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, they're all getting paid now. And he is, I, I, TJ Watt deserved defensive player of the year without a doubt, tying the sack record this season. Um, but Aaron Donald is way better than any of them. He is, I think, I think it's going to probably his career. He'll, he, you could switch in and out between him and Lawrence Taylor for greatest defensive player of all time. It may be like a 1A, 1B type of situation where it's, no one's going to argue if you say either and no one. And so I, that's where I think his career is going to end up because of how great he is and him finally getting the Super Bowl ring completely helps his case. Yeah. I mean, you can go either way in the Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald debate, Aaron, Aaron Donald definitely deserved and earned this Super Bowl ring. I mean, after years of, of not being able to get it done, he finally did. And it is extremely well-deserved. Another thing to add to that long list of things on his resume If he were to step away from the game right now, obviously he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but with the level he's been playing at and with the amount of games that he has missed throughout his career, there's really no reason that he should be stopping at this point. Um, Obviously, it's going to be tough for the Rams to get back to this spot just with all the picks they do not have and all the guys are not going to be able to retain. But uh, what what a performance by Aaron Donald getting two sacks, almost three, which would have broken the uh the NFL record for most sacks by a team in in Super Bowl history. So yeah, crazy good performance on this Rams defense offensive line for the Bengals did not help them at all. So yeah, um, do you have anything else to say about this Super Super Bowl? <laughs> it it was it was an exciting game for a game that could have been a blowout or it could have been close. I'm glad it was close and it was good to see two different teams in it for once. It, it was and um. I mean, we were saying how it didn't really feel like a Super Bowl. It's because there wasn't a villain. There was no one you hated. You yeah. like, I mean, obviously, I loved 
the Bengals and Joe Shiesty, but I also really was I was I was very happy for Matthew Stafford to get a ring also. So and and the and the Rams are the the Super Bowl team. I mean the super team if you want to say that, but they gave they're giving up a lot to have this team and um and obviously it's luckily been able to pay off for them because um they won the Super Bowl. But now season's over. Um now I mean it's an empty void really. I mean now we talk we're going to be talking about the NBA. Uh, we'll be hopefully in the future be able to talk about the MLB, but we're still sticking to the NFL here for a quick moment here. We're going to be going into a segment that I call the NFL trading post. What is that? Might you ask? We, me and Jet are going to be looking into every NFL team and predicting or saying whether or not they will be sticking with their QB for the upcoming 2022-2023 NFL season. So, first off, the Bengals and Rams, they're going to stick to their guys. Definitely. I mean, there's no reason not to. Um, We'll get the Super Bowl guys out of the way. We'll go down the list now of the divisions. Um, The AFC East will start off with... Buffalo, they're obviously going to stick with Josh Allen. He is an all-generational talent, without a doubt. Do you disagree, Jet? I, I agree with you. As much <laughs> as I would love to disagree with you, I, I agree with you. All right, now let's get into an actual team possible debate. New England. New England and Mac Jones. We saw Mac Jones. Uh, he did not really – I wouldn't say he really showed up against the Bills in this year's playoffs, but – um. I think that I think they're just gonna, they will stick with him. I think for a couple of years to, in hopes that he could um, flourish into a quality starting QB, and and then New England fans have to hope that the roster around Mac Jones uh, elevates him because I don't see Mac Jones elevating the roster around him. Definitely. I mean, I, I I think that Mac Jones will be the quarterback for the future for the Patriots. He's never going to, in my opinion, reach elite status among the top quarterbacks, but he's going to be good enough as well as, like you're saying, putting a good supporting cast around him. Could he be the take them. Could he be the next Jimmy G? He just somehow wins. <sighs> oh, that's good. Yeah, he could be. I I think. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's possible, especially being on the Patriots and that and that winning that winning culture. I would I wouldn't be surprised if he's on that track. He just More somehow, so on that track than the Tom Brady track. Yeah, so. yeah. He just somehow wins. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> um, your Miami Dolphins. What do you, Jed? Obviously, this is your team. What do you you think they're sticking with Tua uh, next year and for the foreseeable future? I know I I know I said this last year to give Tua another year, but I, I want to give Tua another year because <laughs> we're, we're bringing a new coaching staff. Um, and it's going to be a new offensive scheme, a new system run by coaches that are more offensive-minded than the last um, group of coaches. I wouldn't say that Tua has the ceiling that I initially thought he might have, but I think he has still has the ability to be a serviceable quarterback in the NFL, and that's pretty much all all I'm asking for from him. Unfortunately, he won't have that elite ceiling, but just like with the Patriots, if the Dolphins are able to build that offensive line and build the defense, continue to build that defense, I think too, it'll be just fine. All right. Now let's talk about the Jets. The Jets with Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor had a, um, I would honestly say kind of forgettable rookie season. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's, 
there's a lot of growing pains, especially as a rookie quarterback, but the, the Jets are going to stick with him. I think it was a mistake to take him that early in the draft. And if they continue to surround him with a good supporting cast, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback for the Jets for the future, but I think for the next, as long as his rookie contract is under play, he's going to be the quarterback. I don't think he will be after that, though. I Yeah, I just, I, I'm feeling, I don't know, man. I'm just, it's questionable about how long he could last. I just, ha, I, it's, you want something to remember your rookie season, and he really didn't have that, I would have to say. He, uh, it was very forgettable. He was, he also was injured, so not putting that on him. But, I mean, that's also a warning sign, him being getting injured, and it's not like the, the Jets have a great offensive line to protect him at all. But, yeah, uh, he'll, they'll stick with him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, next year they're um, – they're in the draft because obviously there's a lot of teams that are like, oh, we don't really know what to do. We might as well stick with our guy right now because this year's quarterback draft is not very strong. It's one of the weakest in recent years. But to move on now, obviously we talked about the Bengals and the AFC North. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be sticking with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion. I think they are going to trade for – Matt Ryan. Wow. The, the Steelers are a quarterback away, and I don't think it's going to help them at all by rolling out Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. If you can just get a guy that still has a little bit left that can potentially take you to a Super Bowl, obviously Matt Ryan is, is getting up in age, but I think he has the ability to do that. He's going to have all the weapons mm. around him, and I think it's a perfect fit. I'm giving two scenarios here about the trading post. I'm uh, giving you two offers here, Jet. Which one you like? Uh, you tell me which one you like more. I think that the Steelers are either going to be trading for actually Jimmy Garoppolo, because I think they have the roster around him, the defense and offensive line, and the uh, the uh, oh, what am I saying? Uh, the skill players, sorry, around him to elevate him to where they could possibly make it. I th- I don't know if they're su- ever going to be Super Bowl bound with any of the prospects out there unless they get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, which I don't see them paying for. Um or and the mock draft for McShay's mock draft just came out and he has the Steelers trading up and getting Malik Willis, the QB from Liberty. So which so Jet, I gave you this these two offers here. Which one sounds better if you had to pick one? I think it's not a smart idea to to draft. It's not a smart idea, really, to draft a rookie quarterback at this stage in the Steelers process. They have plenty of guys around that if you throw someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo in there, where I don't think he, he will end up in Pittsburgh. It is a possibility. I do think that would still give them a great chance to win, especially with Jimmy G's track record. Yeah, he just somehow wins. Cleveland, this is a big one right here. This is like a woo. Let's see what happens here. Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is coming off of an injury. Are they going to be – I think I think they will be sticking with him for the 2022-2023 season, but this could be his last year. I think it's either that they're going to – I think if he does not perform, they will be drafting a new QB in the 2023 draft. I, I, I totally agree with you. As much as I think Baker Mayfield should be gone before the start of next season, I just don't think the Browns are going to do that. They want to give him one more chance. Obviously, he dealt with injuries last year, 
Odell was gone, traded, uh, released midseason, and they really don't have a good core around him. I think if, if they give him some more weapons, they can they can see what what else they have with him. All right, now the Ravens. I'm not really going to talk about Lamar. I think Lamar is top uh, top end QB, or if Jet wants to say running back, that plays the QB position. Um, but Huntley, his backup, he's a free agent. Uh, you think they're going to try to keep him because Lamar Jackson is kind of shown he's a little bit injury prone? Or you think Huntley's going to go to a different team and compete for a starting position because he's shown he can um, he can kind of right the ship at times? I don't I don't think the, the Ravens are going to be able to retain Huntley just because he's probably going to be asking a little bit more money than what a normal backup quarterback will be asking for. It's going to be interesting to see where he could possibly end up. There's not many, if any, teams that run a similar scheme to the Ravens. So, I mean, the Ravens are a perfect fit for Tyler Huntley, but he's nowhere near to getting that starting job. I may have a team later on that I think could be a good fit for Tyler Huntley. Okay. Um, I'm looking through the teams right now to see if I could say, if I could. Um, uh, I got a team. I have a team. Um, I'll save that for later. Going the AFC South now, Tennessee with Tannehill. I think they're going to stick with Tannehill. Um, there's not really a lot of options out there. Obviously, uh, Tannehill didn't have a lot of his skill positions around him. And we know Tennessee runs through with Derrick Henry. Tannehill is not their mainstay guy. It's obviously Henry. But then A.J. Brown was hurt this season. Ju- uh, Julio Jones was injured. So they're, I think they're going to stick with, uh, with Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, as there were rumors that the Titans may be looking at someone like an Aaron Rodgers, but I think Ron Tannehill he had a, a down season. I mean, he's had better seasons prior to that with this Titans team. A lot of it had to do with Derrick Henry out of the lineup. I think he's still a serviceable serviceable quarterback going forward, so I don't see them making a move. Big team here now. The Indianapolis Colts. They have stated they want they may want to move on from Carson Wentz. So, Jet, are they going to just have to ride it out, or are they going to make a big move possibly? I think they're going to stick with Carson Wentz. Why? I don't think they should just because he's not, not the answer for them getting a Super Bowl. I think if they give him maybe another wide receiver and just continue to run that offense through Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz can still get the – can't have the ability to get the job done. You do have to remember he started off last season injured, which, you know, was a, was a major reason why they ended up missing the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, for me, I could see Matt Ryan going to this team right here. Okay. This is a team I could see Matt Ryan uh, really lifting up right there. He's a very ser- serviceable QB. He knows how to get you to the playoffs and through the playoffs, even though he lost the Super Bowl. But this team's re- ready to win now. Um, I think, I, I think it could be similar if the Colts were to make a move, I think it could be similar to like, not skill level wise QB, but similar to the Rams just trading for Matthew Stafford, them trading for, for Matt Ryan. And then it just really takes off. I, I, I think Matthew Stafford is a better talent than Matt Ryan. He's younger and I think he's more skilled, but I think something similar like that could happen as a result. I, that's that's not a that's not a bad suggestion at all. That's pretty good. Big team that has a lot of decisions to make now. Houston Texans. 
Deshaun Watson is a big question mark for the team and just overall for the entire league because there's if he if his legal issues get sorted out and he is able to play he's I don't he's not playing for the Texans so that opens up a huge market at the trading post here um, in uh, South Florida so where if let's say let's say he does let's say he gets his legal issues fixed up what are the Texans doing and and, and it, whether or not uh, Deshaun Watson gets traded? I do think that Deshaun Watson has already played his last game as a Houston Texan. I think they're going to uh, ride with Davis Mills. Uh, Davis Mills proved that he could be, while it's still only one year, a a decent quarterback in the NFL. He was one of the better rookie quarterbacks from that class. I do think Deshaun Watson will be on the move, and I will get to the team that I believe he goes to later on. Ooh, we may have this. I may be thinking the same team, Jed. Um, yeah, I think David. They're gonna ride out Davis Mills and see what they got with him. Um, and I think maybe they'll draft another QB in the next year's draft, the twenty twenty three draft. Jacksonville. They obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence are gonna be sticking with them. There's no reason not to. He he showed promise in his last regular season game. So, um, got anything extra to say to that? No, I mean, I, th- I think he'll be fine. I think with a new coaching staff coming, I think Doug Peterson's going to be great for him. So I think he he's he might not live up to the hype, but he's going to be a pretty good quarterback in the NFL. All right, Casey, Patrick Mahomes, we don't got to talk about that. Uh, Las Vegas, I really think, I think we can both agree they're going to stick with Derek Carr after the season that he had. Uh, the Chargers, obviously going to stick with Justin Herbert, all-time possible this top 10 QB in the near future. Denver, this is a team that's looking for a QB, and there's a lot of options, all right, here at the trading post, right? Jet, are you taking a trade for Aaron Rodgers? Are you taking a trade for Deshaun Watson? Are you signing Tyler, you signing, sorry, Huntley to off of free agents and, and seeing if he can handle a little bit? What, what are you doing? Which option are you taking here at the trading post, Jet? I think the most logical option is Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. Obviously, those two names have been linked for for a long time now, and I don't I don't necessarily believe anymore if the Broncos are really a quarterback away. I think they're a quarterback and a few other pieces away. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a big boost to that team and and a big boost to that wide receiving core. So I, I think Rodgers would be a great fit. However, I don't think Rodgers ends up there though. Ooh, for me. I've been saying this. I've been saying I could really see. I think I'm. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. But uh, if the if the if the price is too big here, at the post, I could see them wanting to take a trade for Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to be on a cheaper deal, especially if they get him now while there's still some legal issues to be mixed and taking rolling the dice on him figuring out his legal issues and stuff like that. If they do that, that that could change him. That I mean. Before Deshaun Watson and all this controversy started, he was a top 10 QB in the NFL, and you need a top 10 QB to compete in the AFC West. So if the asking price is too big for Aaron Rodgers, how about you you, you, you uh, do a little bit of a river a riverboat run and get uh, Deshaun Watson and take the chance, or sign Huntley and and, uh, and, and wait, wait out again possibly. Uh, maybe NFC East though now Dallas staying with Dak Prescott there's no debate 
um, Philadelphia. There's a little skepticism there that uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think they should obviously stay with him. I think they will stay with him. Um, maybe they're just trying to light a fire underneath him. Uh, I don't see a lot of other options there because it's not like they're um, they're a, a QB away from a Super Bowl run at all. I do not think they will end up staying Ooh. with Jalen Hurts. I think they make a trade for Russell Wilson. Whoa. Um, they, they have the picks to be able to trade for a big-name quarterback, and these two names have been linked a little bit uh, in the rumor mill. Obviously, like you said, the, the Eagles are not a quarterback away. However, to get a quarterback that has proven to be able to get it done and proven to win a Super Bowl, pair him you know, with, with some of those weapons in Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, potentially add another weapon, they have a pretty good defense, and, and they're close. And I think Russell Wilson over Jalen Hurts is a major upgrade. And I, I think, obviously, Jalen Hurts would be on the other end of that deal, and I think he would be being a, a part of that rebuild that looks like it's going to be starting soon in Seattle. That's not bad. That's not bad. The Commanders now officially got a new team for wa- a new team name for Washington. All right? I'll give you an option here at the post. All right, Jet? You're going to either take them trading for Jimmy Garoppolo or, according to McShay's mock draft, draft Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Which one are you taking? They're going to they're gonna draft they're, they're going to draft a quarterback, whether it's Pickett or another guy. I think they, they finally need to get the quarterback situation right, and it's not going to be anywhere else but the draft. All right, all right. My New York Giants, I will say uh, I'll, I'll start off, obviously, since this is my team. I think that they will for this year only. This will be the last year of Daniel Jones. I think they're waiting for a stronger QB class, uh, which is – anticipated to be next year's draft class. So I think they're just going to ride out Daniel Jones. I, if he somehow does amazing, then I don't know how to feel about it. Um, (laughs) uh, It's a lot of like up in arms. You're like, we don't know what to do. I think this is the last year of Daniel Jones. Um, They're obviously in a rebuild. This guy is a stopgap QB at the moment, and uh, I think he's just going to stay remain a stopgap for um, for this year and this year only. I agree. Um, I don't know how long he'll last. I mean, he's probably going to continue to put Joe Showan's job at jeopardy with <laughs> with his play, even though even though it's not a product of Joe Showan, um, he's not going to make it make him look any better. <laughs> Daniel Jones. I mean, Brian Dable can end up taking something out of Daniel Jones that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Get something out of him. Um, I do agree though, that this is his probably his final year with the Giants. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay jet. You said Aaron Rodgers heading somewhere. Can you tell us yet where he may be heading or where you think he's going to be heading? Obviously I think most likely Denver. So, I mean, Green Bay, hell, if they get rid of, uh, they're obviously would probably, I'm going to guess. Give the give the wheel to uh, the handles of the team to Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I I have this weird feeling that either Aaron Rodgers is going to remain a Packer or he's going to retire. I just mm. don't see him going to another team. So if if he does retire, obviously Jordan Love will be the quarterback. But I I have this weird feeling that Rodgers is going to be a Packer for one more year. Uh, we have, we say that every year. 
Vikings with Kirk Cousins, the man that cannot perform in prime time. That's his iconic. Uh, how you how you see him right there? Um, they sticking with Kirk Cousins? No. Where, this, is where they doing? Deshaun, this is where Deshaun Watson is going. Wow. There's been there's been plenty of rumors, speculation. This is one of the teams that Deshaun Watson is willing to go to. Um, obviously, this is the type of thing where Kirk Cousin could potentially just be cut outright by the um, Vikings because I don't I don't see them putting him in a trade to the Texans because the Texans really have no use for uh, Kirk Cousins. So I think it's a great fit for Deshaun Watson. He has weapons in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And obviously, they're, they're not just a quarterback away. There's still a few more pieces on defense and the offensive line. But I think it's a great fit for Watson. Kirk Cousins get cut. I wouldn't mind the Giants signing him to compete for the QB position at all. Uh, Chicago, Justin Fields, they're, they're going to give him an actual chance to succeed now. Uh, Detroit, what are they doing, man? Are they sticking with uh, – you think they're going to be sticking with – with Jared Goff, or or, or are they going to be going somewhere else? I think they are going to start the season with Jared Goff, but they're also going to sign someone in free agency to be a backup and potentially take over, which I will think later on the season. And that guy's Tyler Huntley. Ah. I think he signs with the Detroit Lions. I think it's a perfect fit for a rebuilding team. After Jared Goff throws a couple picks, get Tyler Huntley in there and, and see what he has, what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. That Huntley-D-Swift combo right there. I think there's a chance that Detroit, uh, McShay has Detroit drafting uh, Sam ha- Howell. Howell, right? Yes. Yeah, from North Carolina. I th- it, and they have the last pick of the draft. I don't think that's an awful pick to develop a guy like that if – Maybe you could sign Huntley and draft him, and then I don't if they can and save by saving money, cut Jared Goff. I think that'd be pretty interesting, right there. All right, Tampa Bay. Um, they're the greatest QB of all time is gone for Tampa Bay. Uh, there's a chance I could see them trading for Deshaun Watson. Also, I could see them trading for Jimmy G. There's a lot of options out here. I could see them just sticking it with Kyle Trask. I think what they're going to do, I don't think they're going to take a big swing at quarterback. I think they're, they want to see what Kyle Trask has, but they're also going to bring in and try and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo to be that placeholder until Kyle Trask can develop. And then eventually, if Kyle Trask is good enough, could take over Reigns at QB for this team. All right. Now, the big team that has uh, pretty much had no QB the entire season, New Orleans. The hell are they doing? I mean, McShay has them drafting. Matt Coral out of Old Miss in the first round. I don't I don't see them drafting a quarterback. I think what they will do is they will roll again with Jameis Winston. Um obviously not not the most desirable person to have at your quarterback spot, but he can get the job done as long as he limits his turnovers. Um I if the if the Saints were to get rid of someone like Jameis Winston, I could see them if my whole logic matches up here, I could see them taking a shot on off of free agency, Kirk Cousins, ah, yeah. to, uh, to add to this team. Yeah, a little stopgap guy before they find their next one. Atlanta, we both have uh, Matt Ryan uh, getting shipped off to to each team, to each uh, to our own team, different teams. So what are they going to do? I mean, they don't really have a quality backup at all. 
they're drafting a quarterback. I don't I don't know who it's going to be, but I my belief is they will draft one because they're they're fully about to go into a full rebuild. So okay, Carolina now they're in QB purgatory. I mean, Sam Donald experiment didn't work out. Cam Newton experiment didn't work out. I mean, I mean, I think they have a good team. They do. So I wouldn't say that they should draft a QB. They could maybe take a big swing and go for a Russell Russell Wilson, and that would that would probably put them at the favorites to win the uh, division, quite possibly. Yeah, I they in my opinion, I believe they are going to draft a quarterback. While it's definitely possible they take a big swing for one of those uh, marquee names, I think that they want to have a a long-term answer for quarterback. And obviously that could be someone like Deshaun Watson, but it seems he has finally drifted away from being wanting to trade it to Carolina. Obviously Russell Wilson wouldn't be a long-term option. And this might not be the class to get a long-term option, but maybe they see something that we don't. Yeah. Rams sticking with Stafford, Arizona. I know there's a little beef going on between him and Murray, but they're, they're going to be fine together. All right. There's always rough patches in a, in a strong relationship. The last two, Sam Fran, we both have Jimmy G going away. Obviously, early on preseason prediction, right after the draft happened, I said that I believe Trey Lance is going to end up being one of the top QBs out of the draft class. So, obviously, I think they're going to give him the reins finally. He's, he sat behind for a year, and I think he'll he'll perform very well. Uh, for Seattle, there's a chance they, they get rid of a – they get rid of uh, – sorry, Russell Wilson and – um. With those picks, they may draft a QB this this year because I think I don't know if they're they're at they're not I don't see them competing in this division. So I think they should just go and rebuild. And in, in my in my in my logic, Jalen Hurts would be on this team uh, as a part of a rebuild. But they get a bunch of picks for Russell Wilson, and I think that's the way to go. They can't keep, uh, especially with all the the picks they've given up. They got to get some of those back, and I think the only way to do that is to trade Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that that was the NFL trading post. A lot of a lot of trades. A lot of. We'll see. Lot. We'll see which ones come true and which ones don't. Exactly. All right. Now let's. Um, we got like ten minutes left, so let's let's do some NBA talk. We haven't talked about NBA in a minute. The uh, trade deadline just came and went, in which obviously the biggest trade of them all, James Harden's in Philly. The city of brotherly love and Ben Simmons is hopefully going to be able to come back and uh, is going to start playing for Brooklyn, which I think he actually will have some success there because he'll he obviously can't shoot, but he's surrounded by shooters with Kyrie, Seth Curry, Joe Harris when he gets back and obviously Kevin Durant. They're all shooters, so maybe he'll flourish in that system if he um, if he decides to come back sooner rather than later. But James Harden, he's on his third team in three years three years yeah so, yeah that's right three yeah so oh, yeah, uh he's uh he's moving he's moving across the u.s a lot he's uh but um i think the obvious winner is the 76ers i think it without a doubt for me i think in the short term the the obvious winner is the 76ers but i think long term the winner of this trade is going to be the nets just based off the picks that they got in this trade um, obviously with the 76ers adding James Harden, they're definitely one of the favorites to come out of the East. However, um, could we see some more issues with James Harden and fellow teammates? It's very possible. Joel Embiid is the type of teammate to say, say it how it is. And 
It appears that James Harden has not been too fond of teammates uh, telling him what to do. So we'll have to see what comes of this, but we haven't even seen these two guys play together yet. So once we, once we see that and we see, see how that chemistry develops, we'll see if this team really has a chance of coming out of these. Absolutely. Um, I personally, I do think that Philly is, it's tough. I don't want to bet against Milwaukee. They're obviously the defending champs, so you can't really bet against them. They've, they just, I mean, nothing like eventful. Giannis, I know, dropped last night 50 points. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's for me, it's like a 1A, 1B thing of uh, teams in the East between them and uh, Philadelphia. But I know you want to give out your top five teams in the in the East. And I also know that coming in at number five is my New York Knicks. <laughs> you wish, but you can add five to that number and, and give them a, a nice number 10. And that's maybe even being a little bit generous. Uh, but I'll start, I'll start at number five and work my way up um, at number five. I am going to put the Toronto Raptors at number five. They have been playing at an extremely high level over the uh, past several weeks in the season. While they are in the seventh spot in the East, they're eight and two in their last 10. And since they've been able to get healthy, Pascal Siakam's been playing at a really elite level. Fred Van Vliet's been good. Uh, OG Ananobi has been good. They have a lot of pieces that, you may not have heard of, but they're all fitting together seamlessly. And Nick Nurse has this team going in the right direction. And I just believe that mm-hmm. this team is going to be a real threat to some of the higher seeds in the Eastern Conference. This, um, you, whoever comes in at number four, I will figure out who you're really disrespecting. All right. That's who I'm waiting. I'm waiting on number four. That's the that's the big one of like who you're really disrespecting right now. Yeah, so number four, I have the Chicago Bulls. Um, obviously, they have been playing extremely well all season, and for a large part of the season, they've been missing some of their key guys and Alex Caruso, Alonzo Ball, Kobe White, Patrick Williams. However, my biggest concern for this team is, number one, can DeMar DeRozan keep this production up when it comes playoff time? We haven't seen him been able to get the job done in the playoffs. And number two, this unit is a brand-new unit, first year together, Will they be able to, you know, take that chemistry from the regular season and put it into the playoffs? It's a whole other ball game, and I just think they're better teams in the East than them. All right, so, oh man, I have uh, one, two, two teams that I feel like are about are gonna get snubbed in this top five. So uh, let me hear who's coming in at number three. Number three is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs. Obviously, you cannot root them out once again this year. Even though they haven't been playing at the same level they were playing at last year, they still are third in the East, still have one of the best players in the NBA in Giannis, still have Chris Middleton. They still have enough guys to get the job done. However, the reason why I don't think they'll be in the finals this year is due to the lack of depth they have, in my opinion. Uh, My top team in the East and then – uh, the other team I have, I think, have a little bit more depth than the Bucs, but I do think the Bucs are going to be definitely a tough outcome playoff time. All right, so who's coming in right ahead of them at the number two slot in the East? Number two is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh. Obviously, <laughs> with that big trade, James Harden, they propelled the 76ers team to the top of the Eastern Conference. It's going to take some time for the chemistry to develop within this team, but I think they're going to be just fine. And the biggest question mark for this team is, will Joel Embiid be able to stay healthy? That's been the biggest concern for him 
um, throughout his whole career. Obviously, last year he was on pace to win the MVP. He got hurt. Could we see him get hurt again? I hope not, but he just has not been able to stay healthy. And James Harden hasn't really succeeded in the playoffs. That, that's a big thing as well. But I do think they are the second best team in the East. Now, can you claim that this list is not biased at all? This list is not biased. This is this is straight facts, and the standings don't lie. So, so Jet, who is coming in at number one in your power rankings for the Eastern Conference? It's it's gonna seem real biased, <laughs> but I really don't care. They're the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now. My Miami Heat. Um, they've been playing great all year, and probably more than half of those games have been without their two best players and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Yet they still sit at first in the East, tied with the Chicago Bulls. Um, talk about depth. This team has the most depth, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference. You could go all the way to the bench and you see a guy like Caleb Martin, who was just signed to a full contract coming into the season, didn't expect much out of him. But this heat is, is as deep as, as any of their heat teams in the past. And obviously when you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo leading this team, along with Tyler Hero, who has, you know, had a much better season than he did last year. I get, you know, all the star power on some of the other teams, but the Heat are defensive-minded teams, and the Heat culture is going to win out in the end, and they will be representing the Eastern Conference in the finals like I predicted in the beginning of the season. Oh, my God. (sighs) Standings don't lie, Eric. Uh, 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 God, that little last little put-in right there is what – uh. Got, has me in, has me questioning. Oh, tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I get there. I mean, but they're they're tied with the Bulls. They're tied with the Bulls for the top seed. Head to head. Head. Uh, okay. 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 I mean, to the uh, yeah. But I mean, the Bulls play tonight, and they're about they're. They're three minutes away from winning, so they take over the number one spot in the Eastern Conference by half It'll a game. take it right back tomorrow, so uh, I don't like, know what you want from me. I don't know. I mean, a little disrespectful to Brooklyn Nets. I think oh, it – in, th- in the top five? Toronto. That's that's the one. That's the one that I think you could inter-switch with the Nets. And even Cleveland. I know they run this big-ass <laughs> lineup. Like, they're running, like, three centers – but it's working. I mean, it's working. So um, it's more Brooklyn Nets uh, I would put over Toronto. But those five teams, the other four teams I agree with, obviously I would put them in different orders. But uh, it, it was just the Brooklyn Nets one. But, I mean, we're running out of time here. So a uh, quick question here for you, Jet. Will, there, will the L- MLB season be on time? No, and we're not even going to see 100 games. We're going to see less than that. Oh, oh, that's not promising. <laughs> no, I, I hate to say it, but it's just the reality of the situation. Rob Manfred is not a good commissioner, and, and that, that fact is never going to change. So No, it, he by every day that goes by just backs it up even more. But, yeah, guys, you heard it right. What were we going to say? What were we going to say? He's the worst commissioner in pro sports now. He, yeah, he has been since twenty seven, since uh twenty nineteen. I, I I always had Goodell below him, but I I officially have Manfred below him. Since now. the Astro scandal, he has been the worst. That's true. Yeah, without a doubt. But yeah, guys, that was episode forty two, the Jackie Robinson episode. We talked about a lot, a lot, a lot. 
Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you guys next week, the same time, next Friday. Peace out, y'all.